There were two more murders 15 miles away. We arrived, they found the telephone and electricity line. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. A cup of murder. There are some monsters who, when you say their names, a chill goes down your spine. On October 16, 1936, Andre Chikatilo was born. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Andre Chikatilo was born on October 16, 1936, in a village called Oblast, Ukraine, during a time of famine and tyrannical leadership. His parents were both farm laborers who lived in a one-room hut, and the family often ate leaves and grass to stave off hunger, and by all accounts, his childhood was filled with poverty, ridicule, hunger, and war. He watched the effects of the Nazi occupation, witnessed their horrors, watched his father go off to war and eventually be taken prisoner, and was forced to watch his family hut burn to the ground. After failing to get into university, Andre worked as a laborer until he enrolled in a vocational school with the aim of becoming a communications technician. It was at this time that he entered into his first serious relationship, and for the first time, was really faced with his inability to sustain an erection, making intercourse impossible. She broke off their relationship after 18 months. Shortly after, he was drafted into the Soviet Army and stayed active until 1960, after which he returned to his native village to live with his parents. He entered a relationship with a young divorcee, and after once again failing to get intimate, she asked her friends for advice. Feeling as though everyone knew about his impotence, Andre relocated to Russia in 1961. He met and married a woman named Theodosia, who understood his problems, and the two, using his fingers, had two children together. In 1964, Andre enrolled in Rostov University and obtained a Russian literature and philology degree. With that, he began teaching Russian language to school-aged children. It was there, in 1973, that he committed his first known sexual assault on one of his students when he swam up to the 15-year-old girl, grabbed one of her breasts and genitals, and ejaculated as she struggled within his grasp. A few months later, he assaulted a girl behind the locked doors of his classroom. He was not disciplined for either incident, nor any of the incidents where a fellow teacher spotted him fondling himself in the presence of his students. In fact, he continued his bed check duty in the boarding school and used the opportunity to enter the female dormitories as they undressed. After enough people complained, the director asked him to resign or be fired. Andre left discreetly and got another job in a separate school in January of 1974. He worked there for about four years before being let go due to budget cutbacks. He found another teaching position in a coal mining town until he was let go in March of 1981 due to molestation complaints. While this setback got him away from young children, his new job as a supply clerk gave him the opportunity to travel extensively across the Soviet Union. This is how he found his next set of victims, ones who would not be able to lodge any complaints against him. Between 1978 and 1990, Andrei Chikatilo raped murdered and mutilated at least 52 women and children in Russia, Ukraine, and Uzbek. His first known victim, nine-year-old Yelena Zakutnova, was lured into an old home Andre had purchased where he attempted to rape her but failed to achieve an erection. 
However, when he began strangling her and then stabbing her in the abdomen, the problem alleviated itself. He threw her body into a nearby river where it was found two days later. With her murder came the discovery of the pleasure he achieved when injuring a victim. And with that, the Rostov Ripper was born. A number of things connected him to the murder, but instead of police being led to his doorstep, a 25-year-old laborer was arrested and eventually executed for the crime, allowing him to claim his next victim on September 3, 1981. This is when he encountered 17-year-old Larissa Kachenko at a bus stop and lured her into the nearby woods with the promise of alcohol. He threw her to the ground, tore off her clothing, and shoved mud into her mouth to stifle her screams. He then battered and strangled her to death before mutilating her body with sticks and his own teeth. Her body was found the next day, covered by leaves and the torn pages of a newspaper. Nine months later, he dragged a 13-year-old girl behind some bushes, ripped off her dress, and stabbed her 22 times in the head, neck, chest, pelvic area, and slashed at her eyes. It was after this murder that Andre stopped resisting his murderous urges and between July and September of 1982, killed five other victims between the ages of 9 and 18. Almost all of his victims were female, some children, and some adults. The adults were often sex workers or homeless women lured away with the promise of money. The children lured away with the promise of a shortcut, candy, or small toys. And almost all suffered from some degree of mutilation to the eye socket. It wasn't long before investigators started to link the deaths, though they initially believed them to be the work of a network of organ harvesters or a satanic cult. They did, however, theorize that the killer or killers were mentally ill, homosexual, and a pedophile. So they began questioning any and all patients who spent time in a psychiatric ward, all sex offenders, and any known homosexuals. By September of 1983, several men confessed to the murders, and over a thousand unrelated crimes, including murders, aggravated assaults, and rapes, were solved in the process. But this brought them no closer to Andre Chikatilo, and the bodies continued to show up. At some point, a small break in the case came when he was seen by several witnesses luring away a 10-year-old boy from a stamp kiosk. When the boy's body was found a few days later, these witnesses were able to give a physical description of his captor. Also helpful was the presence of semen, saliva, and a footprint found near the boy's body. On September 13, 1984, with a victim count of 32, Andre was observed by two undercover officers attempting to talk to a number of young women in a bus station. He was arrested for committing acts of frauderism, and on his person was an 8-inch blade, some rope, and a jar of Vaseline. Not only that, but he matched the description given after the boy's abduction. However, a sample of his blood was taken and came up as type A, when, according to their samples, their killer was type AB. His name was added to a list, but he was let go. Through a series of events, Andre went inactive until August of 1985, and as more victims started to appear, the investigators were under intense scrutiny to solve the case. By December of 1990, Andre had killed 51 people, though police only knew of 35, several of which had been discovered at railway stations. 
So investigators came up with an idea to place an abundance of uniformed officers at a number of larger stations to discourage the killer and undercover ones at smaller stations, hoping he would become more comfortable and get a little sloppy. They questioned any adult male in the company of a young woman or child. The operation started on October 27, 1990, and on November 6th, Andre took what would be his last victim. He was questioned while washing what appeared to be dirt and mud from his hands and face, but with no reason to arrest him, officers simply took his name and filed a report. However, when the body of that last woman, 22-year-old Svetlana Karostik, was found near the same station, reports were looked into and a few officers remembered Andre's name from when he was pulled in all those years ago. He was placed under surveillance on November 14th, and on the 20th, he was formally arrested. They began questioning him, and while he refused to confess, they took a semen sample and found that, despite his saliva and blood being type A, his semen was type AB, matching him to the samples found on his victims. Finally, on November 29th, Andre broke down and burst into tears, explaining in detail 34 of the 36 crimes he was being charged with. A few days later, he confessed to 22 additional murders. Andre Chikatilo was brought to trial on April 14, 1992, and charged with 53 counts of murder. He was found guilty and, on October 15th, formally given the death penalty plus an additional 86 years. On February 14, 1992, he was quietly taken to a soundproof room and executed via a single shot behind his right ear. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 17th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This daily true crime podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching Morning Cup of Murder. I'd love it if you stopped by and said hi. Stay safe.